episode 87 we are back at it again what's up pierce how are you pretty good pretty good it's friday friday indeed Friday. it's a good night for a podcast yes sir we have a full house uh lacey mcdonald back in the studio you have you ever been to this yeah you were the yeah, first the, the first time it, you were when on. there was like trash bags and like cartons <laughs> on the wall and stuff <laughs> oh. curtains are all over the place. <laughs> yeah it's it was pretty jimmy rig back then I'm intimidated. It's a little now. better. Don't be fooled. Those are uh, the soundproof is. Uh, <laughs> it's not. Uh, it's not top notch. Uh, we also got uh, Sensei Walker back with us. What's up? Again Good today. To be back. Yes, sir. Stephen Hunter, how are you, my friend? All right, and when you guys you guys are kind of sharing a mic there, so just kind of stay up in it when you're yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just like you guys close together it's like, <laughs> to get to do it right. <laughs> uh, my dad's here with us too. I figured we'd just jump right into everything this week, just because, I mean, obviously, I said it's heavy. You you uh, had an interesting response when I said that. I uh-huh. said, I said the world feels heavy right now. Yeah, I said it was always heavy, man. Mm-hmm. Yep. Always. I think uh, a lot of the illusion of security and safety has been pulled uh, back, and uh, we're addressing some uh, issues, man, some scars, you know. And then uh, the future, it doesn't look so bright, it seems, to some but uh yeah i mean for i mean for the for myself and a lot of folks that come from my community you know that's on the regular you know death uh uh, uh, uh and and destruction and just darkness man it's, it's always been there so i mean that's why you see folks in in these black churches singing as loud as they sing because uh uh it's real out here man yeah yeah no doubt it's it's funny how isolated you know sometimes you don't realize how isolated you are uh this week tyson mike he sent me a a video and it was this gentleman another black gentleman getting shot by a cop and it was uh definitely didn't have to happen and that's what we're seeing over and then i went down a rabbit hole and just started watching video after video man i thought i was gonna vomit i was sitting there in my office at work just trying getting ready to leave but i couldn't even leave i just kind of sat there thinking about it and just realizing how isolated my life is, you know, my beautiful children, we take them to school in the morning and we got our really insulated life. And that's, we talk about that a lot when you're on the show Yeah, uh, that comes on a lot, but just that understanding that, man, that's, that's not the world, dude. <laughs> it's not what's happening right now. And we're seeing evidence, you know, that our society is, is pretty ill, man. Yeah. But it's always been like that. So, uh, and you know, I think this was something that I said before when we started uh, talking about this is, you know, a lot of us get easily trapped in our own little echo chambers, right? And uh, we don't open ourselves up to to a lot of other things. So it is a surprise for people to like, oh, this is really going on. Like this really happens. Like these are mm-hmm. like countless videos of, you know, unarmed colored folks getting killed. And, Unnecessarily. And, it's, and it seems like it's a never ending epidemic, you know. So, but this gives us an opportunity to talk about it. and conversation mm-hmm. generally leads to action, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's the uh, aspiration, right? That's the hope. Yeah. It's interesting right now because I, I recently decided I, I really want to become a teacher. And so I've gone back to finish my bachelor's degree. Uh, and so I'm taking some history classes. That's actually what my major is. And that it's kind of freaking me out watching what's happening and seeing videos like that on the regular basis. And then I'm learning about like the origins of this stuff. And we go back to like the 1500s, the first time that Europeans started coming into contact with Africa. Mm-hmm. And it's just like they, a few, you know, it wasn't that accessible. So, you know, a few explorers, rogue explorers would go and then come back and then they would perpetuate these terrible things. They would say that they had dog heads, you know, and human bodies. And 
it just hit me. I'm like, damn, that is hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years this has gone on. And it just got worse from there once, you know, regular travel started happening. And so it freaks me out. You say, yeah, it's been going on for a long time. And you think about the cop thing. Man, this has been happening, you know, right here in America for a long time. And then you really think about it and you're like, holy shit, this started a long time ago and seems to be something that's uh, just been part of humanity for, for hundreds of years, man. I don't. It's, it kind of bums me out when I think about it. Yeah, it has been, man. I think, uh, though, again, even with all this uh, desperation and, and, and this destruction that's going on, provides us with an opportunity to address it, you know, head on, just like how uh, uh, the NFL thing that happened and, yeah yeah we you know it, it sparked conversation between myself and sensei walker mm. and uh <laughs> also when i uh you know and it may have been un- it was unintentional and i wasn't thinking about it but uh, uh recently i did a little podcast with the uh the school that i'm working with ford elementary school uh, and on there a lot of the uh the black girls that i have in uh project exodus you know, they want a female mentor. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, you know, was saying that, you know, it'd be great to have a female, you know, a strong. Yeah, you're saying basically we're saying. Colored woman here shout out to, you. you know, mentor you. Mm-hmm. But unintentionally, I also was alienating some folks. But uh, I was trying to explain to Sensei Walker at the time that, you know, there's 33, 31 white women in this, you know, in this building that they get exposed to every day. And, yeah, they're good leaders. They're they're great role models. But it makes it even uh, better. The research states it that, it, you know, yeah, if a child really... is looking at someone that looks like them, they're going to perform better. Yeah. Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah. I, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that, too, on that. Because you read some of that stuff I saw, too. I went oh, through yeah, we, read we, all uh, the that, comments. That got hot and heavy. That kept me at my office <laughs> past midnight that night. Um, and and I, got, I got some... Uh, some, some mixed feelings on this and and i've been researching more and more and you know the whole nfl thing and you know as a veteran you know that's what we went to that's what we signed up for when we put our name on that dotted line it was so that you if you didn't agree with what was going on in this country you had the right to protest in a peaceful manner and as much as i disagree with what's going on in the nfl i served this country and i put on a uniform and i raised my right hand to give those men and women the opportunity to do that and it's in a nonviolent way mm-hmm. and you know I can't disagree with it and it has sparked controversy and it has sparked conversation and I hope it can bring along some resolution mm-hmm. uh, and unfortunately people have captured that and they're using it for personal selfish gain in their own reasons and they're not doing anything to resolve the problem um, you know and in the situation with uh, what Lacey was saying, it, it just, it dawned on me that when I researched this more, race was not even a thing until a couple hundred years ago. Mm-hmm. And it was brought about by some <coughs> European people, uh, and I should have wrote down the names and everything to prepare for this tonight, but it was a couple of guys trying to prove that the white race was superior over every other race <laughs> in the world. <laughs> yeah. And they came up with these tests and everything that the unless IQ you test. were an elite oh, white guy, you crazy. couldn't answer them. And if we looked at it um, and we didn't have race divisions, um, there would be no platform for racism. So, you know, my niece uh, about a year ago had a child and she called me and she goes, you know, Unc, what should I put down for for race? And I said, put the human race down. And they literally came into her hospital room and told her if she didn't choose one of the choices, they were going to put her in the psychiatric ward and take her child. 
Unbelievable. So the U.S. What? government and all governments have divided us. And I got to thinking, looking at an old copy of a yearbook from back in the 80s of mine, <laughs> that, and I just happened to flip to this page, and there were like two or three interracial couples in high school in the 80s. And that's just when it was starting. You know, my mother was engaged to, to a great black man, and they were getting ready to get married. And I was the only white kid at all these family reunions, family gatherings and everything. So I know what it feels like to be the outsider. <clears throat> But interracial marriages and relationships are becoming so much more popular and common today <laughs> that in 50 years, what are you going to put down? Is the government going to put on their forms a new race, yeah, interracial, yeah, yeah. so that they can define a yet another sub-race of the humans? And if we just quit allowing the division to happen, there's no more platform for racism. Now, there's a huge amount of ignorance in this world. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, you said, the world is heavy. The thing in Vegas this week, I woke up and it was like, I wasn't sad for our country. I was sad for the world, for the human race, that we have this much violence and evil. Mm. And that's what really broke my heart this week. And if we could just unite as people, take away the ignorance of our grandparents and our great-grandparents and all this other stuff, we could have a much better life today, you know? And there's a lot of things, Lacey, you know, I, I knock him and stuff. Yeah, he's trying to do a great thing for the community, <laughs> asking these women, Latino and, and black women, to come in and be strong mentors. But, you know, I grew up in Montbello with a single mom. Last time I checked, I was white, she was white, okay? And she was a great role model to a lot of the neighborhood kids. Mm. So there's a lot of white women that live in those communities that if they would just step up, could be a great role model saying, economically, I'm you. Yeah, that's a good you point. Wow. And if I can rise above it, if I can raise my children, if I can work two jobs to provide, then you can too. And if we could just get together on that, it would, it would solve a lot of the problems. Yeah, you know, I totally agree with you, Sensei. Uh, I think that, uh, and I've said this many a times, especially when I have conversations about interracial relationships, because I'm in an interracial relationship. You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna marry just this a, woman. Just about everybody, everybody in this room is, yeah, is actually. Everybody's pretty, pretty much interracial. And I mean, it's it's in the in the black community, it's it's a big thing because you know a lot of black people will look at my relationship and see the activism that I'm doing in the community, and then they'll question me. They'll be like, you know, how can you do all this? And and you know, you're all about this community but yet you know you go home to a white woman and hmm. i'm like man it's like stabs me in the, in in the heart because it's like man am i not <laughs> am i not black enough what like what what does that mean you know yeah. what i mean like i'm wow. i'm out here i'm over here helping out and uplifting black families you know what i mean that are missing you know that father figure do you get or, that a lot or is it just something you come across sometimes i come across it often let's just say that wow. You know, it's always like in the back or, you know, it'll be that one extreme, you know, real cat that'll be like, you ain't real because you're going home to with a white woman. And I'm like, whoa, does it that shouldn't even matter, man. I'm like, it's yeah, right. And, I, and then I bring up the point that you just did since a walker. I'm like, yo, race is a, is a social construct that was created. You know what I mean? And it was created to do exactly what it's been doing for as long as it's existed. Divide us. Plain and simple. Yeah, you know, but with that, 
we have to we have to look at things a little bit historically as well. If it took and and likewise I did kind of research some mm -hmm. things and found that you know the rich class pretty much uh, needed a way to divide the indentured servitude classes. So what they did is they separated the Irish versus you know the African. And when, when and where was this? I'm sorry, I missed. This is like in the, the the early you know day, yeah yeah late 16 early 1700s. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So they needed a way to to retain control um, because they were afraid that the poor class would rise up. Like Bacon's rebellion, the rich, rich class. So they started you know making subtle subtle differences. They would give more privileges to you know um, the lighter skinned people and less to the darker toned people. And eventually that created racism or races. Uh, before that, it wasn't really about uh, the color of your skin as much as the location of, of where you were from. You know? And biologically, it does not exist at all. Like there's no scientific basis for it at all. There's more, di there's bigger differences within what we call racial groups right. than there are between uh, different but, racial groups. But also got to keep in mind that when the, with the development of <laughs> people like to legitimize whatever it is that they that they want to believe so with that you see the the invention of phrenology you know a pseudoscience which basically said that you know people with more you know ethnic features were uh, more prone to be criminals or uh, social degenerates or rapists or murderers or robbers and this this was a science you can look it up you know that was pretty much used to to reinforce a lot of those stereotypes and a lot of those, uh, you know, those negative, um, you know, beliefs, um, you know, but to my original point, this, these things took hundreds of years to develop um, and embed themselves in, in the fabric of, of, our, of our society. It's not going to be gone overnight. It's not, you know, like you said, you know, it, it shouldn't matter. It shouldn't matter. But these things that we all have been grown and conditioned with these things, you know, to create that kind of change. Yes, yeah, it's, it's going to start with teaching different things and 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 whatnot, but it's going to take time. Generations, maybe, Generations. maybe not that long. No, I mean that's I, that's how I take it. Yeah. You know, especially with the work that uh, we're doing in the community as far as mentorship, yeah. we're not going to see the work that we've done until well after we're gone. You know, and uh, uh, I think that the just as during the civil rights. Uh, you had a, a generation of people that were investing in the future. And uh, that investment came with a lot of sacrifice that they weren't going to see. Uh, case in point, MLK. You know, he knew he's been to the mountaintop, right? But he knew he wasn't going to see it. He knew that. And he started to talk about, once he had tackled the race issue, then he started talking about the uh, uh, financial economic inequalities, inequality. economic inequalities, social, other social uh, inequalities and then on top of that he was protesting war at the time right we're talking about the vietnam era was going on mm -hmm. so i mean just from that man you know he didn't get to see his investments but uh, it created a, a a new doorway and and a new way for us uh, all as a people to tell you the truth and now here we come with all you know even though the nfl protests uh um some may agree or disagree with it, but the one thing it did do is it brought this to the forefront, and this gives us an opportunity to tackle it, you know? We can't just sit back on the side and say, like, oh, well, it don't happen anymore. Well, technology uh, <laughs> is not letting us do that, right? right? Because I'm sure, like, back in the 80s, if a black dude was like, man, I got stuck, I got my ass whipped by the cops, 
you know, and then your, his white friends would be like, what? Says Get who? The, yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. You should have, you should have did this. Unless you were Rodney. <laughs> yeah, unless you were Rodney. And that was, that was technology. Technology caught that. If it was on a Friday night and uh, he was getting his ass beat and there wasn't a camera there, no one ever would have known. Nope. I, I know I wouldn't have believed Rodney, especially with his history. <laughs> you know what i'm saying so i mean th- th- this provides us with a great opportunity for us to tackle these hard ass issues and i mean it's going to make people uncomfortable i talked to this cat from hickory north carolina earlier this week called me up and had a comp yeah hickory that's just too easy that's just too it's easy. a play it's a real place in yeah, north carolina to make some, some 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 cracker joke on that one i'm not making you know, any i'm not, I'm not making Bible. any okay. cracker jokes <laughs> <laughs> this is the real deal this cat called me up he's a uh randy brown one of his uh brother-in-laws saw him, uh how i talk right after the uh, nfl protest mm-hmm. and i said hey if you're a veteran or you want to get a different perspective man give me a call Let's talk. And this cat saw that, and he called me. And we spoke for two hours about uh, 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 what the NFL protest was about because it has been hijacked. You know, it was about police brutality. It was about, you know, inequalities that are still going on in our country. And, you know, now it's like, well, see, you're kneeling or standing, you're disrespecting the soldiers and whatnot. And I'm like, nah, man, if there's any soldier out there, and I'm not going to speak for all, though. I'm going to say this soldier fought for that right to dissent i'm hearing more and more that's what this country was founded off of was dissent so i mean to to see other people (laughs) exercise those constitutional rights and when i swore an oath it was to the constitution Mm -hmm. it wasn't to the cloth and it wasn't protected and that's established through supreme court precedent multiple times exactly it's it's nonverbal freedom of speech man so i mean that's that's what makes us so great that we can express ourselves however we want and i mean like when i hear about uh, like Milo or Ann Coulter or somebody that I may not agree with, I want to hear them talk. You know what I mean? Because conversation is going to lead to that uh, action, right, of understanding yep. one another and, and getting to that empathy. But once you have somebody that has a view that's different than yours and you're not willing to take the time to listen to them, actually listen to them and have that conversation, well, then nothing's going to get done. And we're always going to be in this ignorant place of ours, right? So, I mean, like, when I look at the kids that were protesting over at Berkeley, and Berkeley was supposed to be the centerpiece of free speech, right? Yeah. As far as, you know, college or just universities at, in general. Like, who cares if there's a neo-Nazi that comes in there to talk about, you know, his point of view? Let's hear what he has to say. So we can come, because there's probably going to be some things that we agree on. And there's definitely going to be some things we don't. Mm-hmm. agree on obviously yeah yep. but it gives us an opportunity to have that type of conversation because i don't know too many neo-nazis in my circles where i can have <laughs> yeah. those type of conversations mm-hmm. you know and that's how you create change because i guarantee you those some of these neo-nazi cats are gonna be like damn you know i can relate to what you know Lacey just said or i can relate to what steve just said well that was interesting remember that that trump uh we saw that trump rally where they actually let the black lives matter guys get up and talk they thought they were just gonna be protesting all day yeah. and they said go ahead and they gave him like five minutes yeah or they did like give that. him five minutes i did see that yeah, yeah. that yeah. little things like that i mean as small as it is just ma- that gives me hope you know that because that's the that you nailed it man that's the only hope is we've got to listen to each other yeah. and everybody's got different opinions about things and there's certainly no right or wrong man it, it is well yeah i don't know 
What, is there a right or wrong? What do you guys say? Hell yeah, there's right and there's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, but there's gray area too, there's right? Where some people's good, rights, yeah, yeah I freedoms mean, sure. affect other people's Definitely. rights. That's where the yeah, yeah, but I mean, in that, there was so much applause and praise when the Black Lives Matter group got up. There was so much common ground they had. <laughs> yeah, right. That the people in the crowd and the people up there protesting. <laughs> We're like, wait a second. Like, huh? we're, we're all on the same page here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know what? I'm going to tell you, there were politicians sitting in D.C. crapping their drawers going, these people are coming together and we got to do something to divide them because if they get together, we're going to lose our power. Yeah. Right, exactly. And so long as they can keep us divided, you mm -hmm. know, like right now, the whole country's going crazy about this guy in Vegas because there's no motive. There's yeah. a thousand conspiracy theories going out. Yeah, you know, right. the shells yeah. are on top of the blood. Yeah. If he shot himself, why is the gun bound below his leg? You know, and uh, he right. had this escape route. He oh, was there as an FBI agent. Have you ever shot you yourself? Know. That's what you need to ask yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, and because they can't explain it, they're coming up with these stories. And because this guy had no motive. No. Nobody can blame anybody. Nope. Nobody's taking <clears throat> credit. Nope. And it didn't the, fit the any media narrative. Doesn't know what to do because it's all they're going to scream right now is gun control, gun control. That's all they and have. You know, it, it didn't fit anybody's narrative. Yeah. And the more we come together, the less power they have over us. And yeah. that's what scares those politicians. And that's what unites us and gives us power. Well, then we were talking about that too about when the whole when Trump got into office, kind of a deal, and how. You know, the census, the U.S. Census Bureau says by the year 2032 that the majority is going to be the minority, mm -hmm. the way things are going right now. And what happened was small town America came out and was afraid of that. They didn't want the change. And so, you know, those small towns came out, and there was those voters, and they, they voted because they wanted it. They wanted to keep it white. They wanted well, to keep it. There's know. also <laughs> gerrymandering and whatnot. Yeah, when it comes right, to right, voting. Right, yeah. So there, you know. Did you hear I, Arnold giving a speech on that? Today? Yeah, <laughs> he said it we're going to terminate it. <laughs> he literally said that. Uh, well, that's good. <laughs> yeah, but I mean gerrymandering, uh, uh, and you know, a lot of the common man does not know how to navigate our political system. You know what I mean? Like the common man can't rise up and be like, "Hey, I want to be president of the United States." Yeah, right. This is what I'm going to. You know what? I just found out I qualified for that. You got to be 35 years old to be the president <laughs> yep. of the United yep. States. And I was like, hell yeah, I can do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wait, wait till you find out all the other stuff you got to do that well, the common man don't know or doesn't have the financial do ability. You, to do you think there's that, a possibility of the some point. of that changing with Trump getting into office and all, all of a sudden everybody's going, wow, like, well, it feels it's, like it's, this is it's going to be a circus from now on. I yeah, think right. I think it will Trump's be. going to run for president. We're going to have Wonder Woman running for president. You know, she's going to be. Yeah, but it, but it's it's yeah, but it does come down to the <laughs> financing, and I think that's really where where it's at. That's where our politics is, man. You it's agree money. Some hands. You know what I mean? And and the common man doesn't have money like that. I hear you. And even though the common man may have the best like idea mm -hmm. to to approach a lot of these issues that we're facing because it's multiple fronts that we're facing right now you know what i mean like it's not about it's it's not about it's the about guy that, that has the most dollar. money because are you kidding are you kidding me <laughs> this cat has the worst history of financial i don't know literacy if you want to say trail that. he's left his trail <laughs> Pretty, is yeah. wake of nothing but you know uh, uh uh calling it quits on businesses uh, uh uh squashing the little man you know uh treating his people like trash or whatever i mean it's does that matter are you kidding me america though 
I mean, because because obviously it, it doesn't. Seems, it seems it seems as though the the test to be able the, the the cost for for admission is that you have to be you know have this amount of money. You had to have been a senator. Or you've had to have had you know blase blah blah blah. And yeah, I, I mean, how many what what percentage wise would the average American be able to fit into that? that, uh, that you sound like it's an aristocracy and it's not a democracy, man. It, well, it is. I mean, if only the rich and famous and powerful can be able to even have a chance. What does that say? That says exactly what I said, Steve. Like, like, let's talk about let's talk about like uh, uh, senators. They can serve their whole lives in the Senate. And to me, that looks like it's a bunch of kings and queens in there, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're always pushing different agendas. They jerry, uh, gerrymandering their, their stuff. They gerrymander stuff for the people underneath them so these particular parties can stay, you know, predominantly in power. I mean, you know, our country wasn't just two parties. It's never been just Democrats or Republicans. Well, that's the way we treat it. You know, but I mean, just <laughs> and I, I mean, that's where critical thinking comes in, too, for for a lot of Americans, man. Like you don't have to choose between, you know, the steak that you have placed in front of you or the damn, you know, turkey leg that's been placed in front of you. You can go out there and you can get your own damn turkey or, or get your own damn meal. You don't have to be served these particular can you? these issues. Yes, you can. How, how yes, can you can. if you lack the financial resources or the social capital? Well, that's because the social capital is going to be in technology mm, today technology will, will yeah. you can reach anyone you can mm -hmm. reach somebody taking a shit in alaska somewhere in a hut you know what I mean? as long as they got wi-fi you got that you know what i'm deal. saying they don't want to be reached <laughs> <laughs> but uh your 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 voice and your message can be heard and if you can rally that spirit inside that particular person to to get into your idea and support you the money that's will that's really come. the key yeah yeah and right now i think the the issue of why everyone's doing the whole protest scene and they're like why why aren't you guys concerned about this why aren't you doing this and da, 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 da. because it hasn't directly affected us that bad to the point like let's just take like like what Venezuela for example like that's fucked up down there and 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 to think that we're not at that point yet and we're complaining right now that's shitty <laughs> to think about it i mean you know we're not that fucked up we're not but but we are yeah, set up for failure yeah. yeah let's just say this man like if let's let's say this if uh there was like a major incident that happened and trucks couldn't get food to where they needed to go how you going how you going to eat well, I know but you know. Cannibalism. <laughs> Cannibalism. I'm going to get the leather yeah. and the chains well, I mean, that's already That's already apparent. That's already happening but now. It is happening It's now. called food deserts. Exactly. And, and we, I live in one. Yeah, it's in Detroit. Bello is, is a, a food desert. Yeah, but not as bad as like areas yeah, like true. Detroit, Detroit, stuff Detroit, like no, that, where no you doubt. have local convenience Commer stores. Commerce City is pretty bad. Yeah, like convenience stores where you're yeah. only source of like food, where you're going to get like liquor. You're gonna go get some ramens, but you're not getting like fresh produce. You're not getting yeah, meats and yeah. stuff like that. You know, you're getting packaged stuff and and unnutritional stuff, which is why life expectancy in areas like that are lower because of mm -hmm. you know health concerns and just you know malnutrition yeah. and just poor accessibility. Nutrition. Yeah, huh? <laughs> like you, you, folks are getting set up for failure. You know, and it's always been like that, especially in low income areas, man, and a lot of areas where there's predominantly people of color. So I mean, it's uh. uh that that mentorship piece that I was talking about, that that educational piece is is so critical, man. Like these kids, they need us. They need us bad. 
everywhere I and go. We need them. I just had. They need I just us, had and we a, need them. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, like I had a principal from Aurora Hills Middle School leap out of her office to come pull me in and talk to me about this new gang that's trying to start up over there by the school called uh, the Rich Boy Gang. <coughs> the what? The Rich Boy Gang. And, uh, you know, they, they're trying to be clever and hide in plain sight. So they're little, instead of the blood, you know, red or the, the crimp blue, they got an American flag as their, as their flag, right? So they can hide in plain sight. Yeah. And, no, uh, yeah. and, I mean, it was like, she was like, man, I saw you in there. You came in. You were talking to, I had, was talking to one of my students that I mentored that moved out there. You know, I didn't take Project Exodus out there. But one of the students that I mentored went, goes to there. And uh, I was going there to try to start up a book club with him. He really wants to uh, write his own comic books. <laughs> so I went there with this cat named Anubis Haru. He's got uh, a comic book called Acid of the Gods he's been working on for the past, like, 11 or 13 years. And it's all black characters. And it's uh, centered around a lot of African mythology, right? Hmm. And it's like, how many black superheroes are out there you know can you count them all can you count them on both your hands you know (laughs) you (laughs) can't so uh uh, i set it up to for him to meet drayon and even today i was just telling steve like yo this kid came up to me and he was like mr mcdonald check out my script i got a script i'm creating for a a comic book and i was like what and it's called (laughs) (laughs) it's called the last night and uh, uh he's extremely proud of it and, uh, you know, That's just awesome. cultivating that type of opportunity for our kids and exposing them to different things, man, having them thinking outside of the box. Man, we need that. And, I mean, one man can't do it alone. You know what I mean? Sensei Walker can't do it alone. Steve. You see, well, yeah. Well, we can't do it alone, okay? Like, we need more people to get involved with their schools, man, because I can guarantee you if there were 30, ki- uh, 30 parents at these parent-teacher conferences or whatever or whether you get to address you know issues in the school or things that you're concerned about about your student and you know how to advocate for your student like things are going to change man so here's if, an, uh-huh. so here's an eye-opener to date this is and again this is from senate.gov to date there's been 10 african-american senators damn to date oh, damn. that's it to one, date barack obama was let me one guess of those. Uh, yeah. wow. georgia and illinois <laughs> <laughs> I can I can name them off right. Yeah, they're they're right here. It's um uh Haram Ravels, Mississippi, uh Blanche Bruce, Blanche Bruce, Edward Edward Brooke, yeah, Brooke. Carol Mosley Braun, Barack Obama, Roland Burris, Tim Scott, William Moe Cohen, and Cory Booker and Kamala Harris. Wow. That's it. How many in Congress though? In the there's house. probably like 20 in the house. I know there's got to be at least 20 That's in the good house. Question. So you can pull that up here. So I'm kind of curious about yeah. that too. How many How many people are in uh, the house? Like four, 400? We should all know this probably. We should know this. We've, you <laughs> failed the test to become an American. <laughs> I'm not ready, man. I'm you know, but, but Let's talk about the level of, of those politicians. Okay. You know. I've got friends that come out and they got felony convictions and stuff, and they've done things that, whether right or wrong, I don't think should destroy the rest of their life. Let's look at the level of what the people who are supposed to be in charge of our country, their domestic violence, their financial crimes, their other crimes. These people have the same felony level. 
right. and they're running our country. But yet, a man who served his ten years in prison learned his lesson, comes out and tries to get a job. Good luck, yeah. Can't get a job at a construction site mm-hmm. because he's a felon, right. or vote, you know, or vote. But yet, the people who have felons or yeah. should have them, but you know, can afford the lawyers. Right. They don't have to worry about it. Yeah. And then let's go to the NFL, you know, and we all saw that thing about the National yeah, Felon League. I'm ready. You know. <laughs> uh, there was a lady who did a whole thing there about the domestic violence and everything else and the criminal affairs yeah, and the but gun charges. They reflect their community though. Look, look at the community that they're coming out of. Yeah, but you know in what I mean? All the major sports is like mm-hmm. that. So, you know, if people are gonna stand up and say something, then go back to the community. When was the last time you had a professional sports guy come in and read a book to one of your groups? Never. Yeah, when was the last time you saw them step? And don't get me wrong, a lot of them give their money and give their time. But a lot of these ones up here, you know, screaming and yelling at loudest, ain't doing nothing but causing problems. They're not out here trying to be part of the solution. You know, so it, it just, it gets me. And remember, those, the, whoever the victor of the war is gets to write the history books. Yep, that's right. You know, I was doing some research about this thing in Vegas about how supposedly this is the worst mass killing in, in our country. Modern. Two more. They put modern. modern. Yeah, modern. There's two more before this. Yeah. yeah. No, there, there was some stuff that, that I read uh, about about the black people in our country. Like Tulsa, Oklahoma. Tulsa, Oklahoma, Wall Street. Yeah. Uh, some stuff that went on down south, uh, you know, that they Native just Americans. handed out guns. They uh, started natives, lynching definite, folks yeah. and slaughter. You know, I mean, yeah, that's what it was. It was like the Sand Creek Massacre right here in Colorado. It was a slaughter. It was a genocide of an entire community by race. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Loses you know? its value, though. Yeah. yeah. Right. When you're yeah. like, oh, on the American continent, you're like, no, 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 this whole place was yeah. as populated yeah. or yeah. more <laughs> than it is now. Yeah. And all those people are mostly dead. Pretty yeah. much. It's, you yeah. know, so getting back to that, you know, and. I, I got to say this because it bothered me today. I'm driving in and I see all these new political signs. Because it's November. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> got my ballot. The thing yeah. is, you used to be able to tell the Republican had a red sign, the Democrat had a blue. Now the signs are red them. and blue. Yeah. So that just goes to tell me we don't have a Republican Party. We don't have a Democratic Party. We have a government against the people. And it's supposed mm-hmm. to be a government of the people, by the people. For, for, for the, the people. people. Forward. Yeah. And it's not anymore. And until the people step up, I'm probably going to have people waiting for me in black SUVs when I get <laughs> uh, Until we step up and take back our country, we're going to keep having these conversations and nothing's going to get done. No doubt. Well, Daryl yeah. Dixon, yeah. are you guys familiar with Daryl Dixon? This kind of goes back to uh, an earlier comment. But uh, Daryl Dixon time. was a, uh, was a, uh, um, a black gentleman who um, he's made it his life mention to uh, to approach um, KKK and supremacist uh, oh, yeah, groups. I saw him on, uh, online. Yeah, yeah, he's on Netflix. It's got a really good uh, documentary on Netflix about it. But um, he oh, starts with the question, how can you hate me yeah. when you don't even know me? Um, what I see, sometimes I have to just kind of take a step back from Facebook and from, you know, um, you know, modern news outlets just because it just seems so toxic like i was watching something the other day i almost wanted to vomit because it was just so much um you know but we focus so much on our differences and then what i see happening is is certain sources are highlighting those differences and and making them huge like these things are huge issues when they may not necessarily be 
that big. You know, Example. Because we're not we're not concentrating on what we have in common. We're we're concentrating on what we have as differences. And when we do that, we're always going to make enemies out of each other. Nothing's ever going to change. Nothing's ever going to shift. And then it brings up the question: Is there an agenda? Is there an agenda to keep us stratified and to keep us at each other's throats? There it is. Yeah, there it seems so. Yeah, yeah. Steve. There definitely is. There definitely yeah. is. So if there is an agenda, and if that agenda is being financed, as it seems like it is, because I see it everywhere, you know, I see it everywhere. You know, there's Facebook, money. there's money, exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, so how 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 can how can we make change if we're just a mm-hmm. bunch of guys sitting in a room? You know, how can we create change to go against something that has been so perfected and that has been financed? How can we go against something that's that that big and that automated conversation steve (laughs) uncomfortable conversation and i mean that's in in all honesty i think i've I've been seeing it man you know i just saw uh lieutenant colonel chance get into a heated argument with his daughter about you know the nfl issue you know she she was trying to open his eyes up to all the different things that are going in disparities about america because he made a statement that he was like america's doing the best we can there's no racism here our government's doing the best it can there's no racism here and then it was like whoa i was like mike i was like brother (laughs) there's stuff going on man and then his uh his daughter got into it and sent him uh the 13th which is a Netflix yep. uh, documentary about, about, uh, about yeah. Uh, yeah, about the uh, prison it. system. Yeah, who he was watched that? It. The, yeah, was that you that told me about yeah. it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Which is, uh, you know, it has a lot of evidence and facts that support that there is a bunch of inequalities in our justice system. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there's also... Well, they were... Yeah, the inequality, they were placed there on purpose. Yeah, exactly. On purpose to, because... And, and and literally stacked up against African Americans to keep them from voting and and then you know when when the thirteenth came in and all that stuff and men and all that stuff that's it just kept more down and everything mm-hmm. like that you know your the the felon thing you know the enslaving thing they couldn't vote et cetera like that and so you know when and when they gave them the opportunity to be actual humans and, and citizens they took that away by again doing the the felony thing and you can't vote now now you're not even an american citizen mm-hmm. technically you know and it's like it just systematic systematic and then it again is. it's the it's and it came against the justice system you know where um if you're rich enough you can get a lawyer if you're poor enough you still get enough to get a public defender but if you're middle class something like that you get jacked, jacked. it's just like coke and crack yeah, you know, basically the same substance. It's exactly. just that one was cheaper than the other. Yeah, about Coke and Pepsi. Coke. And <laughs> 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 yeah, and you know what? Coke got its name because cocaine was an ingredient That's right. of Coke. That's okay, right. but yes, the cocaina. All right, you know, was uh, uh, the rich man's drug. So they didn't get the type of penalties that people with got got caught with crack did. Yeah. So it was like, yep. man, it's crazy. But uh, uh, uh just the opportunity just me seeing them interact and that his daughter is the next generation you know what i mean and how she's yeah it's hope it's hope it gave me hope i'm like i'm looking yeah. at collateral damage or not the collateral damage i'm looking at the collateral beauty out here right 
And with the crap that happened in Vegas, I'm looking at all the people that were there that, you know, they were working. They were I, this cat had got shot in the neck and went back out there, saved as many people as he could. Yeah. And then he was rescued himself <clears throat> by a, a police officer. You had people coming together, throwing bodies in the back, doing whatever, sacrificing themselves, yeah. you know, for other people that they didn't even know. So that's the collateral beauty that I see in, in these types of incidents. It is interesting how we all feel so distant from each other, like we kind of talk about a lot. But then in, every time in a situation like that, people that's what happens. Our nature kicks in and our community, you know, the fact that we have lost. Look at lost. Independence Day. Let some aliens come down and yeah. see what we do. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right, well, right. I, had, I heard an argument. There was an point. argument of, <laughs> of Donald Trump being that what? unifier. That, I thought you were going to say an alien. That he is, no, that he is that person that's unifying the younger generation to go against something like that in the future. Well, I think he is. You know, and that's, it's, uh, and that's, that's, that's the collateral beauty. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's what I'm like. I'm cra- it's crazy, man. I'm trying to take a stoic look on life recently. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, as you know, stoicism was created by, well, if you don't know, it was created by this cat that crash landed in Greece, right? Uh, this was during, you know, the Socrates time and whatnot. And uh, as he, you know, most people would be like, damn, you know, I lost everything. Like he lost his merchant ship. He lost his way to get home. He lost everything. It sank to the bottom of the sea. Right. So he was like, man, well, let me take this opportunity to read about stuff to grow my knowledge while I'm here. You know, how many people would think about that? You know, mm-hmm. and this is the same opportunity. I see Trump being that shipwreck. Right. Tore it but open, let's man. let's let's take this <laughs> opportunity instead of being so depressed where you you know you're like I'm like five seconds away from blowing my brains out. So instead of doing that, like let's take this opportunity to hey, let's educate ourselves about the political system. Let's get more involved in our communities. You know, let's be more preventative instead of reactive to certain things like our health or you know freaking you know whatever it is out there. Like let's get to it. And I think that. Because of this presidency, it has woken a lot of people up. Because mm-hmm. I can guarantee oh, yeah. you that the next elections that come up, we're going to have a more well-rounded <laughs> voter than we did prior to this. Like, our expectations should be f- fucking, like, up here. Because I don't know any other candidate out there. I know Barack Obama wouldn't be able to say, all you got to do is grab him by the pussy. He would never have gotten elected. You know what I mean? To, to have somebody boldly lie in your face... And you can't keep them accountable, but you're going to keep your kid accountable. You ain't going to let your kid lie to you. So why the hell would I let my politicians lie to me? We got to we got to hold these cats accountable. And you can't hide. Not with the technology today. Right. You know, all the fact checking and all of that. Like, it's too easy for us to hold one another accountable. Yeah. And I so, think right now, no, so right now we're in the record number. So you guys want to know uh, for African-American in Congress, 52. That's rocking. Okay. Now I, I'm gonna argue with you on that. Out of 435, let's go ahead. Out of <laughs> out of all the kids that we both work with, how many times you go tell a parent your child did this, and they look at you and go, "Oh, not my child." That's true. Mm-hmm. So how many people are gonna go? Oh no, not my candidate. There's gonna be you a know. lot. There's gonna but, be a lot. You know, I, I want to bring regress back to something else you said, and we were talking about how the whole system set up. If you look from cradle to grave, it is a multi-billion dollar industry where the government is going in and taking these children. And these social workers make a bonus for how many child they can remove from the house. And once that child's in the system, look at the percentages of how many of them will wind up in the penal system and then the high repeat rate. 
So it is a multi-billion dollar industry for the state to take control of the child. They, they literally get a bonus for that? Yes. Unbelievable. Yeah. So if they can remove you from the house, there's a bonus. Because the wow. state, each child is worth, uh, I don't want to quote it wrong, but I believe it's $60,000 a year to the state. So if I can take your child, I just made $60,000 for the state. And you look at the penitentiary system. All right, it's all privatized now. It is privatized. Yeah, and there is serious billions of dollars. So once I can pull you out of your house and put you into the social system, the chances of you actually becoming a felon are greater. And so it's just from cradle to grave where they're doing this to us. They talked about that in the 13th as well, mm-hmm. yeah. is how they went from government entities, mm-hmm. prisons and everything right. like that, to it is a business now. Mm-hmm. So most, and it was like a ridiculous number. Like I want to see like three-fourths of the prisons in the United States are privatized. Well, the, oh, the, yeah. child, the child assistance, the child protection services, yeah. a lot of those services they provide are through private industry entities. Yeah. So the state agents are coming in doing the investigations, but afterwards it's it's the private industry. Mm. Now you know something I, I gotta ask. Your dad's been sitting over here quiet, just looking at us all, shaking his head. <laughs> you got a couple years on us, sir. So what do you think of all this? Nothing. He's a man of few words. He pays a lot of attention. He he watches news constantly. Uh more than anybody I know, actually, you pay attention to kind of what's happening in the in the news realm. Uh, but he walks around frustrated most of the time. So he just beats his head on the wall. And we yeah, you, head on the wall. We scream a lot too. You're just not <laughs> screaming with us tonight. No, you are unusually no, quiet no. tonight, Dad. What do you no, think about? I'm just interested in what you're saying. That's all. What What would be? I mean, if you could wave a magic wand and say, "Step A, B, and C," would be the start of a solution. What would you what would you guide the younger generations to wake up and start doing? Yeah, I'm listening. <laughs> <laughs> Become a raider fan, he's gonna say. <laughs> um, the younger generation today is to um come is take accountability and really learn the process of how you're living. Uh, you always take care of number one, but you gotta know your system that you're working with. Like you say, you can't. Everybody's going to say, "Not my politician." That's only thirty percent of the people saying that. There's a lot of people that are interested in how this world's coming. I see it from you guys because you're totally involved, and I've heard of your program through him. But to have a kid come out, all he's got to do is get involved and take care of business and get education free every day. If you learn something new every day, then it's a good day. All they got to do is just keep track of what's going on around them. Don't be blind to prejudice because there is a lot of racists around here. Believe me, I've seen it. I grew up. I grew up in a project. So, you know, I've seen it all. But if if you let it get you and you get mad about it, there's no conversation. Mm-hmm. And and if you have an uncom- uncomfortable conversation, then you're doing something right. Mm-hmm. But, if, I mean, if you really want to be heard, you got to step back and listen. Yeah. If you want to be ignored, go ahead and yell and throw your protest wherever. <laughs> the NFL protest is good. They just chose the wrong platform. I'm a, I'm a veteran too. Also, I'm a sailor though. I went the right way. 
<laughs> we, we all need that seafaring taxi. So we appreciate you. We do. But, you know, it's, you just, it's hard. I can't explain it. Well, yeah. That is a lot I think of wisdom. You did, you did a great job there. That accountability, education, mm. and getting involved. Mm. Yeah, you can't you stand know. back and watch it. So, accountability no. and taking, like you were saying, taking care of your own too. So, the statistics from a National Child Ministry Association says talking about foster kids, orphans, and foster kids. Uh, Forty to fifty percent of orphan and foster kids will never complete high school. Sixty-six percent of them will go homeless, go to jail, or die within a year of leaving the foster care system at eighteen. Damn. They also said that 80% of the population, of prison population, was once in foster care. Um, And that girls in foster care are 600% more likely to get pregnant before 21. I agree. Totally. We've seen that. 600%. That's ridiculous. Sixfold. That is insane. You know what? There was a a student that I was working with when I was working with the Boys and Girls Club. uh, And as soon as she got out of high school, she got pregnant. As soon as she got out. That's what this is saying. Like lightning strike. (laughs) I was like, damn. Graduation party. I was like, you couldn't even, like, we couldn't even work on something. So, I mean, it's, but then again, it's like. But you still can. You can still work on something. Well, yeah, you can. (laughs) But uh, then again, I look back to. What is the, com- the you know the community man? There's there's some self accountability here. You know what I mean? At whatever you do, you can have all types of stuff pent against you, right? But as, as long as you have a village around you that will support you, and they may not have the resources for you, but if they have the courage and they have the time to invest in you and hold you accountable while you're going through these hard times, man, that would be enough, more than enough. Like if I came in, if I was going to school and I had uh, an older gentleman watching over me and mentoring me and holding me accountable, I'd probably be in a different place right now. Yeah. You it's know a, what I mean? It's like, a different I, thing for, for mentorship. Like, I, I mean, and, and, and I don't want to just put it all on the parents. I mean, because I've seen some. I hate to say terrible parents, but no, you, you, you yeah, have, you can yeah, say because yeah. I, have, you, have. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I, I don't want to just put it on on the parents, but you know. Just looking at our way of, of life, um, you know, like I go from, from sun up to sun sundown. Mr. Walker, I know you do do the same, you know. So when you and, and I think we all have a heart for, you know, for today's youth and, and some of the things that we see going on. But when you're working all the time, you know, and you got to think some of these parents, they're working yeah. and they're single. Yeah, they're in know? survival so, mode. You know, yeah. yeah, it is survival. Yeah. So when you, you ask of a little bit more from them, and like, man, I, like, I'm tired. I don't have ass. anything left to. to <laughs> <laughs> that looking out for number one sucks up everything, uh, sucks up all your energy. Hours to go to the PTA. Right. Yeah. Exactly. You know, I heard exactly. some, uh, there was a parent that I've been working with. Her name is Keisha. And she does a lot for her for her community and her family. But she said something so poignant, man. She was like, when you're when you're struggling, you don't volunteer for struggle. And I mean, when you're struggling, I'm not going to volunteer to go do an extra whatever. You know what I mean? Because we're struggling already. So, I mean, in situations like that and we know that there's situations like that. That's where the burden of community and village comes in. It's our responsibility. So if there's somebody out there that has those resources that can help out to, to back up, then that's what needs to be done. Well, that's what they used to do back in the tribes, the tribal periods back in the day. You know, it was that community. So if there was like, you know, um, if a warrior got killed in battle, mm-hmm. you know, it was the village that helped 
raised, raised the, the family, child, yeah. the family, yeah. and helped out the mom and this and that and everything like that. You know, there wasn't another person, that, another guy that came and swooped in because it was disrespectful. You know, and swooped in, but the whole tribe, the whole community came in and helped that. And now we are to that point where, where Mo was saying, you know, we're taking care of number one. Mm-hmm. You know, I got to make sure. Yeah, I got to make sure I'm taken care of before I can take care of you. You know, and stuff like that. And to and, and to a point, yes. But to a point, and like, no. You know, I mean, if I'm taking care of myself and neglecting everybody else, then that's that's uh, singling me out from the rest of my people. And, and by no the time one, I need that help, you're gonna be like, what? Oh, now you want some help? You know, like. No, when I when I say number one, I say like this house. Yeah. It's probably you know fifty feet across, one hundred and twenty yards back. Does everything in that in that little sphere right? Is your that number one? Sphere, that's number one. Okay. It's not just me. Yeah, I said I I wouldn't even worry about me because I'm like done sort of kind of. Shut your mouth! Come on, it's all about, you no, know, it's, it's all about Raiders who's coming up. You know, I'll, all I do is sit back and feel bad for my grandchildren because mm. they're the ones that's going to catch it. Like you say, we ain't feeling it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they'll oh. feel it when they're in and, school or when they're eighteen and they got to go out in the world. Yeah. And my dad is a humble dude. He's out in the community quite a bit uh, mm-hmm. with the church, volunteering all the time, helping feed kids that don't have meals. Mm-hmm. Loading uh, up vans mm-hmm. and trucks and oh, backpacks yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. That's yep. making a difference. Yeah. 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 Man, you There's know. somebody walking the walk there. <laughs> just, you're not just sitting there. You're like quietly out doing what needs to be done and setting the example for others. You know, And if we had more people doing that, we'd have less need for that. That's true. You know, but everybody else just wants to sit around and, you know, well, no, you know, this is a problem. That's a problem. Yeah, that's great. You just spent three hours saying what the problem was. <laughs> yeah. If you'd have taken those same three hours and went Put out. Put your energy focused somewhere else. Right. Yeah. Focus yeah. your energy somewhere else. Yep. You know, um, it's, it's, it's rough. And, and I, I, I'll bet you, because when we meet people like you, you're coming out of pocket on a lot of these expenses, too, and not asking for anything back in return. Why would I? Mm. Exactly, but a lot of folks don't look at it that way. True, it's called you know, a, it's I'll called sit here ROI. And I'll talk about Lacey and I'll talk about Steve, and you know I'm not even going to say what you know what I've done, but it's that gratitude of seeing that you made a difference in that child's life mm-hmm. or that that mom's life. I do. And we take care of Adams County, Adams Twelve School. Yeah. We we feed five schools. Mm-hmm. Every Friday we give the we bag up kit, uh, bags of food for children that are low income. Yeah. Because other than school, them kids on don't the eat. That's the only them. meal they get. Yeah, that's it. You don't need school. Mm-hmm. So. And when you're handing those bags out and that kid comes up and gives you a hug and just says, thank you. Yeah, it'll bring a tear to your eye. Yeah. I'm glad I don't see that, but I see that. <laughs> <laughs> it, it'll crush you. I, I tried to <laughs> stay away. Yeah, yeah, I don't would, care how big and bad you are. I'm like that unsung guy. I don't care if you see me as long as I feel good yeah. about what I'm doing. That's it. That's all that matters to me. That's yeah, it. I, yeah, definitely. I had a young guy uh, over the summer. Uh, this was two summers ago. He ended up leaving with his mom out of the state because uh, they got kicked out of the house. And whatever. You remember uh, Amari? Oh, yeah. Um, and we tried to get him situated in uh, in Vegas, no doubt. But uh, they, they came back. They're back. Just like we said, they'd be oh, back. Yeah. But uh, during the summer, you know, I was working with him real hard. I would visit these guys, you know, probably like five out of the seven days out of the week. I was working with them. And uh, one Monday I had picked him up with his brother and, you know, he was like, Mr. McDonald, I know what you're doing. And I was like, what are you talking about, man? 
He was like, you're trying to make us into men. And I was like, that's exactly what I'm trying to do. <laughs> and it was crazy because right after he said that, about a week later, his mom got the uh, eviction notice stamped on their door. And, you know, I was trying to work with his mom, too. Like, I was going out there. I was like, hey, check out these areas where you can get the financial backing, da-da-da-da-da. Like, because it's a holistic thing. When you work with these kids, you got to take care of their foundation. The foundation has to be level, at least, for them to succeed. So, I mean, I, you know, I was working with her, and she was like, you know, Mr. McDonald, I, I really can't do it. I got family out here in Vegas. Bye. And, I mean, it was like a day later they were gone, man, and it crushed me. Crushed me. It felt like I lost the son. You know what I mean? And that's that's the investment that I had. I remember I was, man, it, it, brought, it brought me to tears, man. Amanda will tell you that. Like, I was pissed and hurt. But uh, sure enough, he's back here now. So... I'm going to be reaching out to that little guy again. And then uh, we're going to start from square one. You know, like my uh, with the Project Exodus kids, they can evolve with me. I follow, I'm follow. i going to follow them until, until my death, pretty much. You know, because ultimately I would like those students and, and young men that I come into contact with and the girls that I got come into contact with, that one day they will invest their time in their community and other children like I invested in them. You know, so like I'm not going to I may never see like the end result of what I of what I'm doing. You're talking about earlier. But uh, I know like it, it will happen, especially with with the amount of uh, work and the resources that I'm pouring into these kids. Man, like I just want to that's the only way that I see us in the future succeeding. You know, it's not going to be me coming up with the formula for, you know, the greatest energy or, you know, give the greatest speech that would incite some, you know something in some kid somewhere or something of that nature but i'm definitely going to do what i can in the lane that i have you know and i think that's that's what everybody should do really like yeah. i got a lot of people that approach me and they're like well lacy how can i do it you know i'm an accountant i i don't know where to begin i was like man you can start wherever you want bro it's like you can go to your local school and start a little reading program or you know if you don't want to do that like look into other programs that are out there that are doing things that you can relate to or that you want to do yourself but you're not able to do invest in them or something of that nature or i'm pretty sure there's a family member that they know of that's struggling and needs that type of mentorship or backing or something you know and and the more that we do that man it, it's going to heal a lot of the problems that we that we have like honestly honestly yeah well you got something to say on that steve who can follow that? I just had one of my parents call me, and uh, she's run a project in Green Valley Ranch Elementary for years, out of pocket called Destination Imagination. And it's kind of a science thing where these kids do it, and they have other schools that they compete against, teams of seven. And for the last couple of years, she's come out of pocket and sponsored that program at that school. Well, this year, they have a new principal there. Mm. And the principal said, no more. It's seven kids, one day a week. And we don't have space in the school for you. Wow. She's like, I'm going to pay for all the supplies. I'm going to pay for the whole program. And, and this, this new principal goes, no. And it, it's hitting them hard. And I've been to schools. Last year, I handed out over 5,000 letters to Aurora Public School and Denver Public Schools and Montbello and Green Valley Ranch and said, I will come in and I will speak to your kids. I will, I will talk about any subject you want. 
goal setting, bully prevention, self-respect, discipline. I had maybe five teachers reach out and ask me to come in. So, you know, we got these people talking about we need help from the community. We need and, you know, we got people out here volunteering this help and volunteering financial resources. Mm -hmm. And then we got the people who were daily in contact with these kids not taking advantage of it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when you scream, I need this, I need this, and you got people willing to give it. How much do you really need it if you're not taking advantage of it? That's crazy. It, it is. You know, we're trying to help, and they're slapping our face. Yeah. So, you only, know, that's, only that's frustrating. I'm going to put follow in that up extra with that. time. Yeah, Pardon? Only because they don't want to put in that extra time. That's true. It takes some of their time. It does. They'd rather not get involved. You know, I don't know if they have the time or like double jobs or whatever, but still. If a lot of they, teachers are working extra jobs. Yeah, they, well, know, they have and, to because they ain't getting paid. But if you get all this offer, right. you're getting offered, and they just turn I mean, it down. I'm offering to come in in the daytime That's while true. they're teaching. Give them an hour break. Go do your lesson planning. Go do this. I will take your class. I will talk to them about how to set goals properly, how to set them small, how to achieve them, and how to build on these goals. Why it's important to have self-respect. You know, why reading is important and how it's going to affect your education and your life. Which is pretty crazy yeah. that that's just not part of curriculum. You know, I think you know, about that all the time. Like all the things, all the valuable things we could have learned in school that just wasn't taught to us. Yeah. And someone like you is even willing to come out, you know, come from the outside. But really, it just feels like it should just be part of it. Like, so I got, a, I got a comment here. Data driven. From Amanda. Oh, oh God. Oh, oh, oh. So she not, says, not all the school people. Hi, darling. <laughs> Love you. She says, do you know the other side of the story, Sensei? Because I have heard about that. <laughs> no, but I'm sure I'm about to get educated. <laughs> you know what? I was going to say something, but I ain't saying nothing. <laughs> you had my back, man. Uh, you know, I was going to be like, Sensei, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Oh, Pierce, this might be the perfect time. You want to hit up those uh, fun, fun facts. Bail me out. Bail me out. <laughs> <laughs> so, again, if anybody wants to be a part of those fun facts, it's pretty simple. It's pretty easy. It's Mike and Tony Show at gmail.com. You know, get in there, email us, and we'll let you know. We'll get the fun facts out to you. It's uh, 50 of the craziest things that I uh, see throughout the whole week. I put it out there. 37% of Americans think global warming is a hoax. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the 37 That roughly works out. <laughs> that is a thing, though, right? Yes, I, the, the cow flatulation actually does contribute pretty largely to the problem. <laughs> this one right here. So if you like spicy foods, more, ah. more than likely red hot chili peppers. Eating a hot red chili pepper is linked to a 13% decrease in total mortality. So mostly in heart disease and stroke deaths. Wow. Red hot chili pepper. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not, uh, um, what's his name? Anthony. No, the, from the red hot chili peppers. Oh, Anthony Kiedis. Yeah. <laughs> not Anthony Kiedis. Do not eat Anthony Kiedis. Mr. <laughs> Cannibal over here. <laughs> what? I'm eating everything if it ain't nailed down. <laughs> what about another one? Uh, let's see. Hot sake is meant to be consumed with oily or fatty foods, mm. while cold sake should be prepared with sweet or sour dishes. Mm. A little culinary uh, information on the fun facts. Yeah. Sake is yeah. dangerous either way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
you know, you know, Joella, right? Yeah. I remember one time in college, I jacked myself up on sake. We were going to go hang out and like a whole bunch of friends were getting together and I decided to have sake. It was like the first time I'd ever had it. And they said, oh, you're supposed to warm it up and stuff. And I was like, oh, it went down real easy, mm-hmm. a little yeah. too easy. Yeah. <laughs> she showed up to pick me up. I was like stumbling out to the car. Like, let's get started. <laughs> Uh, they were like, sit him down. Did <laughs> <laughs> you got one, Mo? No, not at the moment. Okay, this one right here, you guys. Literally, quickie. Mosquitoes can mate in midair in often as little as 15 seconds. Yeah. Damn, that sounds like my first time. <laughs> 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 that mile high club. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know how you were conceived. <laughs> 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 uh, Cat, cats can dream they produce the same brainwave patterns that we do when we dream dream is a weird thing right like what exactly is going on there And well, it's amazing how much all this technology we got and all this science, and all these scientific advances, but there's just still so little about the brain and then like the mind interface with the body and all this kind of stuff. But we're, we're getting closer. Like, have you yeah. seen the guy who lost both of his arms mm-hmm. and he's got, yes. he's yeah. got like the yeah. fake arms, yeah. but yeah. controlling it, control it with his wow. brain. He yeah. Can, like, yeah. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah, we're, I'm just we're thinking about the, the word matrix. dream. Yeah. You know, you're talking about it in the sleep mode, uh, but we're talking about in the dreams. living mode now. Yeah. That word is just such a big word. It is. Mm-hmm. We got dreams of solving these problems, but not in sleep mode. Hmm. Yeah, that was heavy. Yeah. Why, why, are you, why are you messing up my mind? Right now? <laughs> <laughs> I got to get all Zen Sensei like before we leave. <laughs> so you know, like animals get tagged, right? And they mm-hmm. all have specific numbers and everything like that. Um, well, grizzly bear number one twenty-two in Banff National Park. He is the largest bear in the area. He has eaten a couple of black bears himself, has fathered five cubs, and was hit by a train and lived. Jeez. <laughs> That's a big dude. I mean, he's eaten black bears. He must be a North American bear. That's a giant bear. Oh, you're talking about that short-faced bear? Yeah. Yeah, those are extinct now. Have you ever heard of a short-faced bear? It's, it was a bear that used to be really prevalent in uh, North America. And for a while, they thought that's why people weren't coming into North America because yeah. they were just so ferocious. They were uh, nearly foot. twice the size oh, of like yeah. a grizzly. Yeah. But they had way longer uh, arms and they were like way thinner built and they yeah. could run super fast. Man. Giant monsters, man. Speaking of the wild, man, the Yellowstone trip I took uh, with uh-huh. my family, man, and some of the kids from Project Exodus. Uh-huh. So we uh, arrived to Yellowstone extremely late, and all the campsites were taken up. We uh, drove into Montana to, to do some commando Grizzly camping. Grizzly Bear Country? Man, commando <laughs> camping, right? <laughs> so we pop over, the, and it was called, uh, what's old girl? She's Wait, do they have right grizzlies in Montana? Oh. That's Grizzly yeah. Bear Country. I didn't know that. Yeah, I thought yeah. they were gone it's from the, whole, the Rockies all the nah, way. To the- they're coming back, baby. Yeah. Wow. So, just like the wolves. So we parked yeah. over in Lulu Pass. It's called Lulu Pass. It's like this little pass in the mountains, like maybe 15 minutes outside of Yellowstone. So we hop out of the car, myself and Amanda, and we're looking for, like, animal signs huh? fucking my foot hop falls into like a big ass fucking like brown bear grizzly bear <laughs> footprint oh. and i mean like he he scratched like each tree to mark his territory and i mean his stuff was like at least he this guy was like seven foot tall or or probably taller <laughs> and there was like clumps of like hair all over the place because he was scratching his back yeah. on the the trees That's- so i was like fuck 
we're tired. Like, I can't afford to pay for it. <laughs> we're just going to do it. So we popped up the tents and stuff. You know, a man is uh, cooking on the fire for the guys, and I'm setting up the tent with the guys, and I hear this deep-ass howl out in the distance. And I mean, it's maybe like 50 meters out, man. <laughs> Shivers shoot up my ass back all the way to the <laughs> my neck. And I know the kids are, you know, hurt. everybody heard it, right? Because yeah. we all stopped and was like, fuck. <laughs> so we finished setting up the tent and stuff. And man is serving up spaghetti, right? So you have that nice meat smell out there, spaghetti. Oh, and I'm like, fuck, I need to turn around the vehicle. Because if one of the kids or something tries to go out behind the vehicle, because I had the headlights on the camp while we set everything up. Yeah. And I was like, man, I got to whip this thing around just to make sure that if uh, these guys are surrounding us, we can scare them off, you know, because they know how many of us are there, but they don't really know, you know. So I stepped behind the uh, the headlights and I had my headlamp on and there were fucking, there were six wolves, like maybe 25 meters out and their eyes were, you know, they were reflecting the light because they were staring at my headlamp and I was like, fuck, Amanda. Come here, darling. And she's <laughs> and she's pissed off because you know I yelled at her to cook and shit. And she's like, no, "Fucking motherfucking what now? Now what?" And I was like, "Babe, look at that." And she was like, "Why the hell did you bring me over here?" And I was like, "I'm just letting you know, so the kids have to stay. You know, we got we got to have them stay by the fire." So I was like, "Fuck!" Like that whole night, like she would. I, I told her, you know, bed down, babe. You know, I'm gonna stay up. You know, I'll do 15 minute little patrols or whatever through the night. And sure enough, I did see the bear. And it was like three o'clock in the morning when he came through, but uh, I mean, sh- that's and those wolves were and gone. It felt like you carried. <laughs> no, they, they were they they yeah they went off to go hunt and stuff throughout the night. But fucking, it was like that's how you camp. Yeah, you know. So, did you have a gun with you? <laughs> Hell yeah, I had a gun. <laughs> And it's Steve's gun. <laughs> <laughs> so we got a late question, just so you guys know. Okay. And real quick, and so we'll, like I said, we'll keep this one to a minimum. That way we continue on with everything else. But um, one of the guys I know, Brent, he said, could teachers and educators not be willing to have a mentor come speak to their classes out of fear that they will appear not competent to teach those skills themselves? That's a deep question. I do know. I do know. Teachers in general's backs are against the walls. I mean, there. I, I know a lot of them would feel that way. We talked about how much they make and the lack of resources and that kind of thing. So I think maybe there might be something to that he's a. T- isn't he a teacher now? Is that Brent? From, no, no. Uh, this is different. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. You know, we'd be willing to teach the teachers how to teach these. Skills. Yeah. Oh, I know. Yep. It's going to be a pay cut for me for sure. You know, it's like it's yeah. going to be. You know what I mean? It's ready. Like, I'm I'm definitely ready. Man, I'm talking about the desperation, the the bloodshed. Man, Ford was in a daggone little. It was like Fallujah there for a little while. You I know? remember you talking about that. Yeah, yeah. No, it's no bullshit, man. Like it was like cats was getting shot up on a on a weekly basis over there for a, for a while until they got gentrified out, and the problem still remains. You know, but I mean, are you ready for that, man? That's a huge commitment. Oh yeah, no, I know. Like sleepless nights. It's something, dude. It's writing. something I've wanted to do for so many years, and just for whatever reason, I just never I'm, did it. I'm not trying to it. discourage you. I'm just playing devil's advocate. Oh yeah, because I think it's fantastic. As you should, and doing it. Oh, thanks. Brother. <laughs> <laughs> my <laughs> hero. You need but to take <laughs> my style of teaching: barefoot pajamas and kicking kids, man. <laughs> I'm <laughs> telling you, that's the only way I'd be a teacher. Wait, what? That's the only way I teach kids: whipping kids' asses. Good ass whipping. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't. But as far I started to go back because I finally got this map to pull up. Uh, I was just looking at like, gri- I didn't know there were any grizzlies because I know for sure they used to be yeah. up in the Rockies here. But, yeah, but yeah. we don't have them here anymore. It's, it's just it's black. Do you follow, do you follow Adam Greentree? 
Uh, no. On on Instagram or anything like that? You know, Joe Rogan's friend, Cameron Haynes and Adam Green. I know Cameron Haynes. Okay, I didn't know that. So they're all bow hunters and everything like that. Well, there okay. was like an Instagram uh, video of Adam in Montana, Grizzly Bear Country, and he's sitting there and he's hunting elk and all that stuff, and he's out there. And, um, and the, like, he has this video, and it's like this life, and he's like, he's and you just see oh. this pistol. He's just holding I this did gun. did see that, actually. Yeah, do you see it? And, and it's this grizzly bear. Like, you can see how fucking big this thing was in the yeah. distance. And had, I guess had two cubs with her. And she's just protecting. He said, he's God, like, she charged yes. me quick. And he's like, he was just ready. <laughs> and he said that this grizzly bear, she followed him throughout the whole time yeah. he was out there in her yeah. area. <laughs> like, But he was ready. He was like, oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> but, you know, it's sad, man, because uh, we can't really get to experience stuff like that anymore man like when i was out mm -hmm. at yellowstone and just having the opportunity to be around a wildlife like that because i mean the buffalo were i woke up and the buffalo was like right there on us pretty much and i'm like Ugh. you know what <laughs> oh, i mean wow. and, yeah, they're, yeah. and they're docile creatures but they're mammoth mammoth and i mean Irene. yeah and just missing out on the opportunities <laughs> man of like watching wolves like move through a valley or something or you look up and you see an eagle fly over you don't get that stuff here in the city man like our relationship with mother nature even is just so here twisted, in the, even dude. in the even yeah. in the remote areas yeah. here compared to what it once was man, yeah it was just so teeming with life at one point and it's not doing that anymore so i'm mm -hmm. like fuck man like i was um uh, i wasn't too far from uh, uh denver i was up at one of the passes and we were looking at the leaves change and stuff in the aspens and i was like man wouldn't it be beautiful if you saw like a fox or something or you see a bear like off in the distance or something like that you don't get that experience man you got to go right. to fucking Yellowstone. in my neighborhood all the time all right, maybe not foxes. Let's say a grizzly bear or or a buffalo, because right. this is buffalo saw, country, yeah. man. Mm -hmm. Like buffalo roam this whole millions of them. Yeah, and now they're right. Well, yeah. Now they're up on a ranch, man, making bison burgers up there yeah, by the Wyoming border. Yeah. Domesticated now. Yeah. Yeah. Good bison burgers too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying. I was thinking in all the years of camping here in colorado that i've done up in the rocky mountains i saw a bear one time i saw a black bear but it was so far away it was just this little speck in the distance moving but it is crazy you just don't see stuff yeah like that. you don't man wolves roam this whole countryside uh throughout throughout colorado i mean and i mean it's they're a part of the the, the food chain lines. man like the, mountain lines too, yeah, yeah mountain lines definitely and they're all disappearing and that's sad man my brother came to me one time and he was upset man he, like he was visibly upset he was like yo he was like i'm not going to be able to take aiden to go like see giraffes one day maybe because they're they're going to go extinct and all we're going to have is just references books and stuff of of these animals man even the bee, the bee's in danger of fucking going And that's away. a big problem, too. It's always a big problem because every every single species is tied into the ecosystem, yeah. you know, the larger picture. And yeah. you start messing with one, it just messes the whole thing up. And so many of the ecosystems across mm -hmm. our, across the North North American continent, continent are just nothing yeah. like what they used to be because they've been thrown out of whack for yeah, different well, reasons. A good example is coyotes. Yeah, coyotes. Coyotes are a trip because they, they, they reproduce more if you kill kill them mm -hmm. like they take yeah. role of you know all that stuff mm -hmm. where they they call to each other and then mm -hmm. literally if they hear some oh there's one missing something happens in the female's body where she produces a much larger litter and so by americans trying to uh, drive them to extinction it's backfired mm -hmm. and they're just more rampant than ever and but really maybe, throwing maybe that's mother's out. nature's way of balancing out <laughs> us yeah. you know yeah right is that what you're gonna say <laughs> the balance. Lead and brass gives me an equal standing. 
Spoken like a true Second <laughs> Amendment American. <laughs> yeah, speaking of which, I got something for you. Oh, oh we <laughs> talked about that earlier, Steve. Yeah. Now, 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 okay, now since you brought up the Second Amendment, I wasn't going to go there, Lacey. Let's go. Let's All right. go. We both served, running up so down. we both could <laughs> defend our Constitution. Yes, sir. What you trying to say? All I'm saying <laughs> is that fully automatic weapons in a regular American citizen's hand. You know, I know we're supposed to be able to protect ourselves as a militia against the government of tyranny. But let's face it, if the government wants to come at us, you having an automatic and me having an automatic gonna ain't going to do nothing thing. to that platoon coming down with the tanks. No, it ain't going to be no tanks. It's going to be a JDAM. Yeah. And we're going to be sitting right here scheming uh-huh. on how we can shoot up those tanks and those troops. It's going to be guerrilla warfare us. and we're going to need more sniper. <laughs> so they're absolutely correct. You know, fully automatic weapons in an American citizen, we ain't got no business with that. But we do have the right to, to bear arms and we do have the right to as many firearms and as much ammo as we want to own. To protect ourselves and our communities against any and all invaders and enemies, foreign or domestic. Well, since they in the light, we can definitely have this discussion about this, you know, the Second Amendment. But you know, as I do, that the American will overcome whatever it is. So even if, you know, people are coming out with whatever to fight these gun issues and almost the majority of the folks that I know of that are avid shooters. They know how to craft their own stuff. They know how to make their own ammunition. Oh, yeah. They know how to build their own systems. So, what the admiral say? Do not attack the American mainland. There are more guns than there are blades of grass. Pretty much. And that's what keeps us safe. Yeah, it's true. We manufacture more guns than we have people yeah. on a daily basis. Daily, yeah. daily. Oh, daily. <laughs> like that's how, that's how many guns you own, Sensei? <clears throat> if you don't mind sharing. <laughs> Ain't no government registry yet. <laughs> <laughs> Not enough. Uh, uh, so I'm gonna assume about fifty. Yeah. <laughs> There's people got a lot more fifty, more than fifty sports cards. That's true. This is That's true. true. So we collect them. It's true. Yeah. It's like well, like you know the gun issue. Just like education. Just like all the problems that we're facing. Mentorship. Our mm-hmm. elders need to guide us and then our peers need to step in and do what we're destined to do as elders because right now we're pretty much roughly all the same age here mike Tony, got a couple years steve why you gotta look at the old man with the gray hair <laughs> <laughs> but i mean it it will ultimately it's falling on us you know what i mean i think for like my father you know, he wasn't there and uh well he's never really been there and for Steve, you know, Steve's father was robbed uh, from his life. And, I mean, it's like we it, we didn't get that type of instruction yet, man. And, like, we're fortunate that we were able to overcome that particular issue. But I'm certain that we would be in different places if uh, our fathers were involved in our lives, you know. Well, see, again, I, I'm sorry to keep bragging about you, but that's where this man comes in, yeah, too, because yeah. my biological father is the same kind of situation, man. He wasn't there either, and there was a lot of stuff I didn't learn. And right as I was hitting manhood and hitting puberty around that time, about probably 12 years old, that's when this dude came into my life. And so in the same way, you know, it was he set an example for me and gave me some way to model my life. and. 
so we need people doing stuff like that all the time and him he was in love with my mom so <laughs> he wasn't just doing charity work so that would explain why the three of us on are the way we are and why he's so like emotionally balanced <laughs> exactly I just got one question how many times did you have to whoop his butt when he was 12 years old to make sure that you guys he's had that understanding <laughs> he's like I can't I count you were fortunate. fortunate. Mom, mom took care of that before you showed up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna tell you what. You know, as as a stepfather myself, you know, hats off to you, sir, because mm. it takes a lot to step up. Indeed. You know, and, and take and, and to be a parent of somebody else's child, but the reward is so much better, especially when you ain't got to change all them diapers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, right. there was that one time. That's I right. <laughs> he was drunk. <laughs> You get your revenge, sir. That's He'll right. make him change your diapers. <laughs> oh, he's gone. <laughs> I got you. And there, there's only one thing wrong with that compliment. Call him sirs like mixing water and oil. It doesn't. Just call me Mo. All right, Mo, you got it. Thank you. All right. Yeah. Always laid back and casual. Uh, well, I don't know. I think we're getting pretty close to the end, but if you want, we could officially switch over to the news. The news. So yeah, <laughs> I think we've kind of been talking yeah, a lot kind of, of these, talking about everything like that. But yeah, that was the one thing that I wanted to talk about is this Las Vegas thing. Mm. Okay, yeah. It's so just, I'm telling you guys, it's it's uh, yeah, it's weird. It, a lot of it doesn't make sense. It doesn't. There's some other things that I read today, um, and there was a, a thing today that was showing that he. Um, his key card was used at the same time in the garage as he was supposedly shooting mm. to get out. That was one of the things. Um, another one at of the, the things. The garage of the hotel yeah. or whatever? Mm. Huh. The hotel. Um, and another one was um, the phone chargers that were all inside his room mm. weren't for the phone that he had. Well, you know, there, there, we can there speculate. Are a lot of things that don't yeah. really about that entire story um you know i've seen video footage where it, it uh they showed um, muzzle flashes and it wasn't coming from the 38th floor it was, it was much like lower the fourth yeah. yeah or 32nd yeah. and then they also had the uh the video of that other shooter in the crowd dressed in the security oh i didn't see that yeah. one there's I, a lot yeah. of weird there's a lot of conspiracy yeah. stuff going on I, hmm. I believe and there was an eyewitness account um this this uh of this woman who um she uh, she was causing a disturbance in the crowd. She she said something like, uh, well, "All of you are going to die." You yeah. know what? And she wasn't the only one. Did you see that there was a pa- a, pr- a preacher that yeah. was out there as well, and he no. was yelling the same thing, saying, yeah. "You need to change your life and change your ways." I watched the same video, but that's why when I heard there was a woman, I didn't see that but one. But there was all down yeah, Vegas. Yeah, it happens a lot. It's true. Yeah. yeah. When, yeah. We, when we were in Vegas, yeah. we. Yeah. Saw- <laughs> you were the one. They probably doing thought we were the I don't even want to. Bring that back was, Vegas. Oh, that was a good it stays in Vegas, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't even remember when we got in the city limits. That's how crazy it was. There's a lot of conspiracy in different theories. And that's what I was saying earlier is the media really don't they, – they, they can't use this to divide anybody because yeah. there's, there's no motive. There's yeah. no nothing here. It's like who do you blame? It's there's My whole thing was yeah. on this whole thing that I was already – I've been talking to Tony back and forth about this is is um 
you know, they were saying he disabled fire alarms mm-hmm. and he disabled some the cameras and mm-hmm. everything like this. This is a fucking casino. He planned the hell out of this. Well, I'm just saying, this is a fucking high casino. Yeah. A high security. Millions of dollars are in this place. And you're telling me that nobody was like sat there and, and saw a camera go out or something like that. You know, somebody was just like, right. And huh. Oh, well. Like, and, like and, no, come and, on. And over like, four days, no brought in training. All well, that's what I'm saying. The man's also 64 years old, and he brought in what's what they're saying, pounds. 400 yeah. pounds worth of ammunition and yeah. weapons and everything so, like that. And nobody, no cameras saw so anything. You, you think it was a rogue state? Or do you think it was our rogue state? As know. as divided as our country has been so far, what, what, why, were, not, why, other, why not? Why why not an incident? In well, I mean, why not an incident like this to try to bring us together, right? Why well, not kill a bunch of us and then you know? Oh well, we'll work it out because you know this is such a tragedy. Now let's calm down. Let's let's not talk about the the division and let's not you know get everybody all riled up to fight against the American government or something I, I, of that nature. I, I, I don't mm. think it doesn't fit. The, it doesn't fit the pattern. It doesn't fit the pattern. Anytime for alleged uh, assassinations that have taken place, Dr. King, um, former president, you know, JFK, there's always a story. There's always a patsy and there's always a story because people like to know that there's a beginning, a middle and an end, you know, to not have any narrative whatsoever. There is no narrative. It just doesn't fit. It just doesn't fit. Dude, I'm telling you, these cats was probably some ultra Chinese assassins, man, and they all work together to do this shit. Yeah, for it, real, man. Like, why not? Been. You yeah. got the perfect like <laughs> cat. You got, the, and not only that, maybe you scouted this cat out for years Possibly. to see his fucking motives, Possibly. like what he's doing, and then to use this shit against him, set him up, put all the explosive stuff in his house, you know, put the extra guns in there. You know what I mean? You could do whatever you wanted. Like, come on, man. We got so many. No, we got so many enemies because look how look how divided we are socially on the media. Anyone outside of this country with a fucking uh, pad, anything can see that we're it's like a powder keg. And why not? So, so do you believe that? As ISIS is claiming that this was actually, you know, they're offic- they officially claimed they claimed it. Yeah, they officially claimed it. Claimed it, it. Yeah. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah, but if, they haven't given they any did, specific details. Yeah, they haven't given any, anything. I think they're just trying to. They're going to cash in on it. Yeah, right. yeah. So that's what tells me. Like, <clears throat> could it be an inside thing, or is it that we're getting hit by another government that is just about as powerful and just about as fucking shitty as we are? If that? it was an inside thing, why would they? Why would they hit the venue they hit? Right. Why didn't they stick to the Lollapalooza in uh, Illinois? Well, well, it's pretty. St- that, I mean, an American country music concert, right? I mean, right. That's that's the that's American. America. Yeah, they never. Yeah, they, yeah because they, they never hit a conservative. Why not? Yeah. Why not? That's mm-hmm. the best yeah. way to do it. Causing confusion. You got somebody who's out there. No one knows this guy. Doesn't fit any profile. None of. No. Any type of psychological, pathological stuff, which is is very true. And that does have that element. But, I mean, just to have the tools to crack that glass, come on. Well, that's the other thing, too. They said that there was a hammer in the room. Yeah. To... You guys, if you guys, yeah, have you yeah, ever, yeah, have, glass, yeah, you, have you ever stayed in a hotel? Yeah, yeah. you can't even thing. throw right. a fucking, any of the furniture at that window to break it out. Exactly. Any of that furniture that's in that room will not break that window you out. You got a tack hammer. <laughs> yeah. How yeah. did they not notice the glass falling on the ground? Oh, they did. I'm pretty sure yeah. they did when it happened, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, Valet, it was like. Valet noticed the call right away. Okay. But, but still. It was quick. A hammer. A hammer. A chair. Nothing is going to get through that. Yeah. 
Come on now. I've tried to break tempered glass before, and it is not easy. Okay, it took a couple of yeah, strikes, it and I ended up breaking my tool too. Well, I've, I've seen those out. videos. You ever seen the videos of dudes trying to smash out windows of yeah, cars? Yeah, yeah. they break their wrists. And yeah, stuff. pretty much, <laughs> or their heads or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And I don't it's, know. It's, and just, it's, it's it's like what is it? It's a uh, it's eight hundred pound rated. Mm. Like glass minimal in those places, yeah. you know what and I mean. So, so people can't commit suicide. Yes, or exactly. Or do shit like this. Yes. So yeah, it's crazy. Wow, there comes the music. Yeah. Boy, that flew by, dude. <laughs> we didn't. Yeah, I guess that was news. So. Yeah. But the song goes. Thank you guys so much for for coming here and doing this, engaging these conversations. We we'll have to continually do this moving forward. Boy, that music's super hot in my ears. I don't know about your guys. Came to hear myself talking, uh, but seriously, thank you for coming and doing this. And thank you for having us. You and th- thanks for doing everything you do, Lacey. You do inspire us. I know a lot of us. I know for me personally, it inspires me, and a lot of times it makes me look hard and long in my life to figure out what I'm doing and how I can be doing stuff like all of you guys, all three of you guys. I just I've had more interaction with Lacey, but I know you guys have both been here before, and you're out doing great things in the community. I got a great example right here with my dad, Mr. Odell. Likewise, yeah. likewise. Call him Mo, uh, Raider Nation. That was, isn't that what your pastor calls you? <laughs> Mo, Mo Raiders, that's what he calls you. Ah, yeah, he really does have a Raider tooth. That's dedication right there. <laughs> So again, if anybody wants to check out the episodes, we'll have those up soon. Uh, but you can also check out uh, Mr. Dollar's music here. TonyDollarMusic.com. You can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, uh, YouTube, everywhere. It's Tony Dollar Music. Uh, writing original music and uh, kind of doing that thing all the time. And then Project Exodus. Make sure you go check them out on Facebook. Like their stuff. Uh, James Walker. Walker's yeah. Bushido Academy yep. and Royal Guard and, Security. And, and we got Steve. Royal He's got a house for sale. Got a house for sale. <laughs> so uh, if you're looking for a house <laughs> in the Montpellier, area, and, and which happens to be hot uh, commodity right now, come on, boy. <laughs> I'm going to laugh and die if somebody <laughs> actually hits us actually up. Hits up to buy well, just, a house. Uh, <laughs> how many square feet are we talking? <laughs> if that happens, please just like and volunteer, yeah. volunteer, man. Yeah. Get out there. Yeah. Get involved. Yes, sir. All right. And with that dollar, it's a wrap. All right. Boom. All right. Peace.